Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Good day, Grinders. We have a fun uh, Grinders Live edition of uh, UFC Lewis versus Hunt. I'm H3 Buddha, Mike Brown, and I have my co-host, everybody knows him, DB Bomb, Brett Athley. How we doing? Good. I like I like your intro there. It looked like, uh, are you sure that's that's how they speak in, in New Zealand? I don't know if, if New Zealand's quite the same as Australia, but um, I, I think, I, sorry, it's they're they're both the same to me. I'm, I apologize if it's the incorrect, but I, I, I'm pretty I was, you know, trying to give a theme here. So I, I know a lot of our uh, friends want some uh, some shrimp on the Barbie references at some point during the pod. So you'll have to sneak those in if, if you can. I don't I don't know how you're going to do it, but I have high expectations. I'll, well, we're going to work it in there. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, had a uh, awesome week last week. Um, we a lot of us uh, from premium um, had a great week. Um, saw a lot of tweets. Um, a lot of people screenshots, a lot of love shown. Um, Brett, what do you think overall last week? Uh, pretty fun week. Yeah, it was a good card. I mean, I, I told people to, to, to throw some lineups in with, with Boom Kelleher, and, and he came in at like 8% owned and got the first round submission. So it was a good call, but it was also, you know, lucky. I will admit it. Uh, I didn't expect him to get a first round finish, but when you get a, a, a punt like that, who's 8% owned, who scores nearly a hundred points, you're going to have a good day. And so a lot of people had a great day. Obviously I was happy to see it. And there's, um, I'm actually ahead of schedule with the premium content this week. So I'll be posting the full beat down, uh, full breakdowns for all, all 12 fights. Um, right after we get off the podcast and I'll tweet that out when it's ready. Also have up the projections and rankings either tonight or tomorrow. Um, there's also access to the premium chat and of course the new features, the lineup builder, which you can use my projections um, to build both optimal and tournament lineups. It's actually, it's even better than I expected it to be, to be quite frank. I've gotten a ton of positive feedback on it. I've been using it myself. So I really recommend you check that out um, in the expert marketplace yeah we got to remember long term we're in it for the long term i know we're, <laughs> we looked at boom and we we're all kind of laughing at you brett it's okay you know uh yori in his hometown it's it's tough man it's tough but uh, you were on him too a bit weren't you absolutely i mean yeah. uh i i'm not a big yori guy i know a lot of people are um i think age catches up there's a curve you know you can kind of there's certain things you can see progression wise um, but I was going to say like, boom, right? Like we had trouble finding video. Something you guys need to do is get the, uh, premium Brett's getting a killer. It's awesome. The fight library, it's got videos of fights that you may not be able to see, especially on a card like this, 
uh, they like to kind of throw in hometown guys uh, for Australian, for uh, you know, New Zealand. Uh, it's really hard to find footage, and Brett really puts in the hard work and time and gets some footage out there. So um, it's always good to uh, check footage out. What do you think, Brett? Uh, yeah, and just to clarify that, there's obviously you can get UFC Fight Pass, which has a ton of UFC, UFC fights, but there's a lot of free footage out there. And so I kind of – I will direct you – to some of the fights that are free online um, of some of these fighters, some newcomers and some not, but uh, it, it was tough to find footage on a lot of these guys this week. I'm going to be honest. It, it's been frustrating lately, but um, you know, there's a few fighters where there's like literally only one fight that I can find. Uh, still though, I, I expect that a lot of people just haven't watched any footage. So there's still an edge to be had. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, guess with that said we'll just uh move right on to the fights uh in the early fight pass preliminaries we have maestro dun hyung kim uh and we also he can be had for 8800 and we also have tibao kuti uh he's at 7400 interesting line movement on this one we had uh maestro open up as uh, uh minus what 150 favorite around there and since Goody's gotten a lot of action, um, I know that people are starting to get on the Goody train. Um, this should not be mistaken for the good Dun Young Kim. Let's just make <laughs> sure. I, you know, I was thinking of this from the beginning. I'm like, ownership on this one's going to be interesting. If people are looking at Dun Young Kim, that maybe might be, you know, a general fan. They might see that name and think it's Stun Gun. So, uh, what do you what do you have for take on this one, Brett? Yeah, there's two Dung Young Kims. This is the smaller one, the 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 one who's not as good. So that is a good point that you made. Um, it's a weird fight. Goody, the only reason he's still in the UFC, I believe, is because he negotiated uh, during his last contract because he took a short notice fight and like made the UFC give him an extra fight. Um, he's 0-3 in the UFC. He's been finished in all three fights. Some of the Sharps who I've talked to think that he'll be popular. I don't think he'll be popular. Uh, the reason they think that is because, like you mentioned, the line has moved toward Guti, where it's like essentially a pick him now. Um, so I do think a lot of the Sharps will play him, and I think he makes for an interesting play because of that movement, especially in cash. I think you can consider him in tournaments as well. But I, I think the majority of the public is just going to look at that 0-3 record. They're, they, they're, there's nothing to look at that, that tells you he's worth a play besides the line, really. So I don't think he's going to be popular. On the other hand, you know, Kim's was in that amazing fight with Polo Reyes. People kind of know who he is. So I expect Kim to be more popular. Um, I do want some exposure to this fight. It's just a hard one to call. I think Goody, if he wins, he's going to have to, you know, win the striking. That's pretty much what he's capable of. Kim has shown to be a brawler, uh, shown to be very porous defensively. Um, he actually looked good in his last fight against Brennan O'Reilly, uh, landed some takedowns, looked fairly technical, calm. Um, and if he fights like that in this uh, spot, I think he's going to win. But um, I'm not confident in that. And I, I'm just not still not sure how, how great of a fighter Kim is. So I think he could go out there and just knock Goody out like Goody has been a couple times already. There's severe concern with, with his chin. And so for that reason, I think uh, Kim's worth a, a look in tournaments. But um, there's so many strong plays this week at the top. I, I'm not going to be all in on Kim. And I will have some exposure to Goody, like I said, especially for, for the line value. 
Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page, unfortunately, with this one. But uh, yeah, Kim is a grinder. We saw that in the O'Reilly fight. Um, he's got the different routes here. He's got takedowns. He can get Gowdy to the ground. Um, I just do see it uh, being pretty close fight, though. Both have been rocked before. I mean, we saw uh, Kim take a strike who, uh, from Dominique Steele, who we'll see later on the card that uh, put him right on his ass. And um, I could I see it being close, or I could see one of these guys just getting KO'd in the first minute. That's the problem. It, but it almost looks like it could be sloppy, sloppy, too. I mean, it could be sloppy three rounds. So sure. um, that's the thing where, you know, you, do, you want small shares if you're playing multiple lineups. That's yeah. for sure. And keep an eye out on the odds. Uh, you know, I, I always do. I know a lot of the guys do. Um, but yeah, I, I, Kim is my preferred play, but, um, if somehow Goody becomes a bigger favorite, I, I guess I'm going to have to slide him in. Yeah. Yeah. I always keep, keep an eye on the line movement. If, if he somehow becomes a favorite that that's definitely important to note. Yep. Uh, the featured fight on the fight pass prelim is JJ Aldridge versus Chan Mi Yong. We have, uh, Yong coming in on our debut at 7,600 and JJ Aldrich comes in at 8,600. Um, interesting footage on young. I know you found, I think you tweeted it out earlier in the week. I did. Yeah. Uh, who, who do we have on this fight here? Uh, I mean, it, and I wrote this up in my breakdown. It's just like, it's laughable. Cause there's, I, I, I'm be honest. I have no idea that this, this Gian girl, she's 19 uh she's only fought five times professionally four of her five opponents have an zero and one record and the fifth opponent is 19 and 23 and she's like 45 years old so yes she's looked good in those five fights from what i've seen but they've been against fighters who've literally never fought before uh and she's making her ufc debut on short notice i just i don't know what to expect the problem is Aldrich is not a killer by any means, but I do know that she's somewhat technical, especially on the feet. She's going to move forward. She lands strikes. I know she's trained with Rose Namajunas in the past. Um, she fought off Juliana Lima well enough in her UFC debut. Lima's a, a, a tough fight for anyone, and I would be shocked if this newcomer is anything close to Lima. Um, so I think Aldrich is the deserving favorite. I don't think this fight's going to be owned really at all. And, and I think it's sneaky um, on both sides, mostly because we just don't know what we're going to get from, from Gian. I, I think there's a, a really good chance that she has some, a massive hole in her game. And over the course of 15 minutes, I think that can get exposed. Um, Aldrich will probably be let, you know, less than 20% owned. Uh, maybe this John girl gasses out quickly, or, or maybe she, you know, maybe she's a front runner. There's a lot of things that could happen. I'm going to have some exposure to Aldrich because I think she's going to be low owned. And I, and I do think that there's a chance this John girl just simply isn't ready for the UFC. Um, I'll also have a bit of exposure to Gian because, uh, it should be a high-paced fight, and there's really not a lot of underdogs that I, I think will win. I don't think this girl is going to win either, but um, 
she probably has a higher floor than most because it's a, a women's a 115 fight and those generally go longer than others. So it's a tough, tough fight to analyze, but uh, you on the same line as me with that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you look at the, what the UFC does, they like to, if you get come in on a late replacement, uh, they like to give you somebody that you can beat in your next matchup. And Aldrich was kind of that, you know, in a bad situation against Lima. She wasn't, you know, stylistically wasn't a great situation. Um, I think they're doing the same thing. You know, they're kind of giving her a, a good opponent here to kind of get a win under her belt. I know that it, it's kind of just this, they keep doing this. And um, it's not like a squash matchup, but it's something that she can win. And she's going to dictate the pace of the fight. I think she, she always moves forward. That's something you want on DraftKings. The only problem is, is she doesn't really have a lot of submission stuff. She like, that's the one concern in this. And I agree that it's, it is a women's fight. So you never know. I like her in the clinch. I really like her with the knees. She can potentially knock her out in the clinch, even just striking. So um, I do, I do like Aldridge quite a bit. Yeah. Do you, do you think she's going to be sub 20% owned? Yeah, I mean, it's it is the only women's fight on the card. So I mean, we know that they, typically ownership is really down on those fights, unless it's like a main event or something that we all want to target. You know, grappling wise. Yeah, so it's just it's it's one of those fights. It's impossible to be confident in anything, but I do think it's sneaky, and, and I think they're yeah they're sneaky upside. So it's worth a look, especially if you're making many lineups. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll move on to the Fox Sports 1 prelims where we see Zach, the Barbarian Auto, take on Kichi, Kanimoto, Strasser, Strasser, Kanimoto. Um, he, uh, Kanimoto comes in at 7,100. We have Zach Otto at 9,100. Um, I don't know. I'm, I kind of like the Barbarian here, just, just based on the name, you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's a uh, fair way to analyze fights yeah yeah i think so too no what do you think here on, on this one brett um <clears throat> i think auto's the play if you're gonna play either of them he's a what minus 345 favorite so he's got some odds value um he just hasn't really shown much in the ufc so far in his two fights he's one and one i mean he's shown to be a decent athlete decent everywhere but doesn't really have a killer instinct and uh you know, Kunimoto is a guy he could put away. Uh, he's getting old. He's basically a grappler. Um, I don't think he's going to be too much trouble for Otto on the feet. I could see Otto going out there and starching him. But at the same time, um, there's just other plays I like better because I can see Otto being a bit hesitant, uh, maybe taking it easy. He's not going to go out there and rush for the kill like we know some other guys are. And I don't know for sure that he's going to land a ton of takedowns. My guess is he'll probably try to keep it on the feet. Um, obviously, we look to target grappling at, at this stage of the game. So um, just based on the line, I, there, I have no problem with targeting him. Um, he's just not going to be one of my favorite plays because I just think there are more grapple-heavy fighters to target and ones potentially with a better chance to finish. Yeah, for sure. Otto's going to try hard to keep it on the feet. Um, I do kind of like Kanimoto for the wrestling, um, but I don't really know if he's going to be able to hang with the striking and the distance that Otto might be able to keep. 
Um, and 9,100, that's a really expensive price. He, I mean, you're going to need a second round, third round uh, stoppage to pay off. Um, but uh, do you see any any way you're going to get Kanimoto in GPP, or is it just going to be just an auto or pass? Uh, it's – I think I'm going to pass. I think there are just better plays. Um, in theory, if Kunimoto wins, he's going to get a few takedowns. Uh, Otto just fought Sergio Morais and, and didn't get submitted and didn't look horrible in the grappling. So I find it hard to believe Kunimoto is going to do better than Sergio Morais. So I think maybe Kunimoto steals two rounds with a couple takedowns and top control. That's really the only way he wins. But I'm just not confident in it enough to to put much of my money in him, really. So if you want to take a flyer on him, he's cheap. I get it, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll probably fade him to be honest. What do you? What's your take on uh, fighters that are off for quite a while? We have him off for almost well, over two years now. Um, we saw that last fight. I'm trying to remember who was on last fight. Um, or actually, no, it was the Sweden card that we had um, the but- grappler. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Yeah. There's another fighter on this card with a long layoff. It's situational, honestly. Uh, it's not ideal. I don't like it, but, um, you know, it's like John Jones has been on, you know, say John Jones was off for two years. That means you're not going to target him, you know? So it, it, it really is situational. Kunimoto's getting old. Um, I'm not, I'm just not really considering the layoff. I just, there are, there are enough reasons already not to play him. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, uh, my play personally is definitely auto and it's going to be a GPP play for sure. Um, we'll move on to the next fight. We have number 11 ranked John Moraga versus Askin. Oh, Mukhtan. I am struggling. Mokhtarian. Mokhtarian. We've went over this before. I'm struggling. We'll call him the assassin is his nickname. Okay. I like that. Uh, we can have John Moraga at 9,200 in Mokhtarian. There we go, 7,000. Uh, newcomer in Mokhtarian uh, versus a veteran in Moraga who's kind of been having some bad luck lately. Um, lost to Benavides, Nikolai, and Pettis, all decisions. Um, when I'm looking at his DraftKings, it's really you know low scoring. His fights are not generally you know, great on his point of view in the last few. Um, what do you have on this one, especially with the lack of stuff we have on Mokhtarian? Yeah, yeah there, there's really almost nothing out there on Mokhtarian. Um, he owns the Australian top team gym with his brother, I believe, and I think that's his most experienced training partner. That doesn't really tell me much. It, it's not great. Um, from the foot, from the footage I've seen, he looks like athletic. He th- he has some good kicks. Um, doesn't seem to have great takedown defense. So in theory, this could be a good spot for Moraga. It just Moraga hasn't really shown. I mean, he's fighting the best of the best, you know, but he hasn't shown to be a guy to land seven takedowns. And could he go out and do that in this spot? He could. Yeah. Could he get a guillotine in the first round? He could. Um, I don't know that I'm willing to pay the price on him to find out though. Even if he scores a hundred points, he's the second uh, most expensive fighter on the card. So I don't think it's going to kill you if you don't have him. Um, there's certainly potential with Moraga. He could score highly. Uh, but again, we do, we just don't know enough about Mokhtarian and it's a, you know, a, a 125 fight. So those generally don't finish quickly. 
Um, I honestly prefer the newcomer for the price as a, as a punt only because the over under on this fight suggests that it, it could go into the third round, which if it did, I think he would score, you know, whatever, even if it's 20 points um, enough to pay off the price, at least in cash. Don't really love him in tournaments though. Cause I just don't think he wins. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think he wins. So it's a, probably a low exposure fight overall. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough, tough to analyze when you don't have much at all. Um, but just based on value, I mean, 9,200 from Moraga is, you know, kind of in that, what we just talked about auto range. It's like, um, you know, do you want to pay up for him that he can, he can finish. I mean, he's a newcomer, you know, things, random things happen. Um, but Mokhtarian at 7,000 does look like the preferred play here. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just, it's a question mark game, but I don't know. Would you use Mokhtarian in cash? Just to open up uh, some of the top tier guys. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before. I'm fine generally with punting. Um, I, could he go out there and get starched? Yes. But uh, he doesn't need much to pay off the price. And if it allows you to get in the favorites that you want in cash games, I think that's a fine strategy. So I don't know for sure that I'm targeting him specifically, but I, I do think he's in play. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, somebody to keep an eye on there. We'll move on uh, to the next one. We have Dominic nonstop action packed steel. That's quite the nickname yeah. uh, versus Luke Jamo, the Jedi um, Jamo, the newcomer can be had for 7,700 and nonstop action packed can be had for 8,500. Um, what do we think? Nonstop action packed, a good play for uh, DraftKings where we want people pushing forward, grappling, keeping I, it moving. Yeah. I mean, if he fought as well as his nickname suggested, I would love him. It just, uh, he doesn't always do that. Uh, look, th this Jumo guy, I haven't seen much to suggest he's anywhere near UFC level. Um, the, the most telling thing that I've found is in his last fight, he fought Vic Grujic, uh, a, a UFC veteran, so to speak. He's fought a couple times in the UFC, not, not a UFC level fighter either. Uh, and Grujic just tossed him around for the first round, um, had him in a deeper naked choke, uh, was beating him up on the feet too. And then he gassed. And then the second round, he like rushed forward and got hit with like a shot behind the head or something. It was so weird. And he just went out. Um, and that's how Jumo won his fight. I've seen Jumo in previous fights, terrible takedown defense. Uh, I'm pretty certain that Steele, if he wrestles, he's going to win this fight with ease. The only, I could see maybe Jumo locking up a triangle and maybe Jumo catches him because uh, catches him standing and knocks him out. Steele has a, a weak urchin that I would like. He's been knocked out before. We've seen it in the UFC. I, I honestly think that's really the only way Jumo wins this fight is if he just hurts Steele early, and then people are going to be like, oh, he's a great play. Uh, he's actually a UFC-level fighter. Regardless of what happens in this fight, I don't think he's a UFC-level fighter. Yes, this is MMA. He could go out there and knock Steele out. If you want to toss Jumo into a GPP for that reason, I get it. Otherwise, Steele is going to win, and he's going to land hopefully several takedowns. And for 8.5K, um, I like him. I'm not sure if he's going to finish, but I, I'm willing to pay that price to find out. 
Yeah, nice affordable price at 8.5. Going to push the action, and he is going to have a gas tank. That's what we're looking for, especially on DraftKings. Um, Let's move on to the featured FS1 prelim. We have Vinch from hell, Pichel. (laughs) I think it's Vince. Vince. Yeah, Vince. Like Vince McMahon. Uh, I thought you said Vinch. Vince. 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 Yeah, okay, you got it, you got it. Yeah, I should get this one, Damian Brown, <laughs> down Brown. I like it. Uh, we can have uh, Damian Brown for 8,400 fighting at home or near home because I keep thinking it's Australia. Yeah, close Versus enough. Vince uh, Pichel at 7,800. Um, we haven't seen Pichel in quite a while. Um, eight takedowns in his last two fights. That must interest you. Lick your chops a little because you yeah. know you love that uh, middle range. I'm calling you the middle range warrior of DraftKings values. Yeah, I am definitely interested by that. Uh, it, it's weird because he's not really a wrestler. That That's the problem. He's m- more of a kickboxer. Uh, and that's like concerning in the sense that I don't, I don't, I'm surprised that he's got those takedowns. Um it's good. Uh, again, it interests me and, and I'm willing to target him in this spot because of it. Uh, he's also coming off a two year layoff, which is again, concerning. Uh, it was from a shoulder injury in part, slightly concerning, but Damian Brown isn't really, you know, a specimen anywhere. Pichelle is pretty athletic. Uh, I think Pichelle at the very worst can compete with, can compete with him in all aspects. Uh, so I think at, at worst, uh, Pichel loses a close decision. Um, at best, I think he lands several takedowns and probably, probably earns a decision. So, um, he's one of the few guys who I think has a, a good chance to win a fight that's below 8k. He's also likely to be in some grappling exchanges. Um, and that's really all I need to know. There's a lot of guys I just don't trust, and um, I'm, I'm willing to target Pichel. Again, if he lost, I wouldn't be shocked at all, but uh, I think he's as good a place to put your money below AK as really any other place. Yeah, for sure. Um, when the line opened up, I know a lot of us were looking our chops, hoping that uh, Brown would be a bigger favorite because we do like Pichel's upside for DraftKings with the takedowns. Brown's biggest uh, asset is kind of his uh, durability slash, uh, you know, making it scrappy. So, you know, you kind of don't really want that, you know, on DraftKings. So, yeah, definitely I like uh, Pichel in this one. Moving on to the main card, we have Alexander the Great. Is every single Alexander named the Great? Bolokanovsky. 85% of them are. Okay. Uh, Versus uh, Mizuto... Punga Pugnas Herota. Um, I, I don't know if I want to know what that means. No, 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 I don't either. Um, I know we loved Volnowski last time. We got him um, in a great spot last time. Is he in a great spot like he was last time this time? Uh, I mean, I don't really care. I, I, he's a stud, and, and I'm honestly going to target him pro- pretty heavily until I, I see a reason not to. Um, he's an Australian national champion wrestler, uh, and he has a ton of power in his hands and he's like one of the most aggressive fighters I've ever seen. He's just like absolutely relentless, hyper aggressive. Um, and he hasn't shown 
gas issues. Uh, so, you know, he has potential to land 10 takedowns in a fight in like two rounds and win by knockout. Like he's, he's one of the highest upside guys in theory that I've seen come across um, in a while. Yeah. He's also the, the most expensive fighter on the card and the heaviest favorite, but um, when the line or when the salaries were released, he was only like minus 300 or, or so. And he's since been bet up to minus 500 ish. So, uh, there's still line value on him. I think, you know, essentially there's no reason not to target him unless you can't afford him. It's always, it's always iffy targeting the highest price fighter. Cause they need to score a ton, especially in tournaments. And even if they do, they can still get beat out by fighters below, but it just, it's he's such a strong play in theory if he wins he should score really highly um so i'm willing to definitely get some exposure exposure to him uh and i really you can have however much exposure to him as you feel comfortable with i'm not really a fan of hirota i just think he's the biggest dog on the card now um maybe he get a takedown or two i just don't see him winning rounds don't see him finishing so it's pretty much volkanovsky or, or bust for me yeah, for sure. Is he close to the word lock? He is. To, to win? Yeah. I think there's a strong chance he wins. Yeah, you will. I'm never going to get you to say the word lock, am I? Eh, I? I probably said it before, but I've been screwed so many times <laughs> that I, I tend, I tend to, uh, to go on the safe side. Yeah, he wrote it, faced uh, Cole Miller last time. Uh, it was basically he had to win it to stay in the UFC. It was a matchup he could win. Miller was already on his way out. Anyways, um, yeah, I have Volkanovski everywhere this week. Let's move on to uh, – I've been waiting for this one. Can, can, can I give him the nickname Tim the DraftKings Maniac Elliot versus Ben Win? If you want, you can write – I mean, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to insert the word DraftKings into his nickname – uh, for Bruce Buffer to announce. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a good sponsorship opportunity. They're already hooked up with the draft uh, UFC anyways. So There you go. Well, the reason I'm calling him the DraftKings King is because he put up a record 176 points in a three-round decision. That's the crazy part about the whole thing uh, against Smoka. Um, and Ben Wynn, um, last time, just got a nice win over Gene Herrera scrappy guys what do we have here the crazy part of the whole thing was that he was only 20 percent owned and that's i forget how you know how well i did but i did very well that card um and the the thing that that people don't understand still is like oh well ben win can win this fight like so i'm gonna target ben win it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter none of that matters all if tim elliott wins he is very likely to land <laughs> he's very likely to land five plus takedowns and, and get a, a bunch of passes like it, it's unless you think ben win is a lock to win you should have heavy exposure to tim elliott um and I've, I've heard people have talked to me about potential ownership they think it's going to be you know heavy which i agree with maybe it's in the 60 percentile like i really don't care what it is He's too strong of a play, again, in theory, to pass up. Uh, if he's going to be 60% owned, I will have much more than 60% of him. Uh, I also think you should have 
the lineups you don't make with Tim Elliott, probably a good idea to get Ben Wynn in there. So I'll probably be very heavy uh, on this fight overall <clears throat> because if Tim Elliott doesn't score well, I have to think that's because he, he loses. Um, and Ben Wynn is a good enough fighter to – I don't, maybe he gets a knockout or something. I just don't see him being, being able to stuff the takedowns, but um, I like Nguyen as a prospect himself. And, and I think he's a, a strong play for the price, but I very strongly prefer Tim Elliott, even in the loss, he might score 50 points. Um, and he will be probably my heaviest uh, targeted fighter on the card. Yeah, it's it's that take is spot on because right away when I saw the matchup, I'm thinking I really like Ben Wynn to win the fight, but that doesn't mean I'm going to take him on DraftKings. It, it's crazy to say that, but um, I think Ben Wynn has the advantage on the feet. Um, yeah, but, but not on the ground. <laughs> but but when you give up one takedown per fight in his last, I think it was like five fights, which I was looking at. It's really, really tough on DraftKings when you got a guy, literally Tim Elliott was just passing at will anywhere he wanted against Smolka. And we're just seeing the points go up, up, and up. So, um, yeah, and, definitely definitely and, a fight to target. I mean, I don't know. Will you have almost 100% of this fight or will you fade it because of ownerships? No, no. It's again, people ask me this all the time too. And it, it's, if there's a fight like Lewis hunt, which we'll get to later and it's, it's a close ish fight and say, we think uh hunts or whatever, Lewis is going to be 70% owned. It's like, it, then you kind of can consider fading these people for high ownership. If you love a play and, and there's all these reasons to play that, that fighter, you should essentially disregard the ownership to an extent. Like Tim Elliott is in the simplest terms, like too strong of a play to fade based on ownership. Uh, I mean, there's a chance that he has a, a poor fight and scores 120 points in a decision. Like maybe he squeaks out a decision. Maybe Ben Wynn keeps getting back up and he still lands seven takedowns with a few passes and, and wins a close decision. I just think if he wins, he's going to score highly. And so there's just way too much risk to fade based on ownership. Um, I think you're crazy if you don't get at least some ownership to him. And on the flip side, if you want to play to win, I get it. He's cheap. He's a cool guy. Uh, feel free to have some exposure to the win, but I, I wouldn't, definitely would not fade Elliot in this spot yeah just like uh I'm trying to remember hard of what Smolka scored in that fight but I mean these these flyweight fights are something you want to target he I scored like 70 I know we're broken records when we when we you know go over these things but it's you got to target the wrestlers you got to target like flyweights action-packed fights it, it it almost always comes true that's the nice thing about it yeah, pace of the fight is, is one of, if not the most important aspects of fantasy MMA at this point. Yep, so let's, uh, let's move on to the next one. We got the big boys, or the second biggest boys in the, of the fight. Uh, we have Ian the Hulk, Kudalaba versus Henrique da Silva, well, Frankenstein. We don't even know how to say his name. Just call him Frankenstein. Frank Waston? Uh, yeah, I know. He could be wasted in this fight. Um, we have Kudalaba at eight, 8,900 and Frankenstein at 7,300. 
talking about uh, targeting fights with ending potential. Um, what way are you going here? And uh, I think you'd look good in the Hulk green paint that uh, Kutalaba pulls off. What do you think? Could you pull it off? I don't know. Maybe if, if Hulk wins, I'll have to do the next pod with my face painted green. We'll see. Um, uh, De Silva's a guy who he, he's kind of frustrated me because I, I, th- I think I was just wrong on him. Um, I thought he was better than he was, and he was exposed pretty badly in the, the Paul Craig fight. Uh, fortunately, I was off of him in his most recent fight against Jordan Johnson, but that, that's kind of a different matchup than this one. Um, on the other hand, I've been pretty high on Kudalaba, and I still am. I think he's a legit prospect. He's still really young, and if he gets some like fine-tuning, I think he, I think he can, can beat a lot of people in this division. Um, he just hasn't been too successful. He barely lost that fight against Cannoneer, but he lost it. Uh, the thing I like about Kudalaba, especially in this division, he fights at such a high pace, um, and he doesn't get tired, and he's durable as hell. So those are like essentially three things that if you have, you can beat a lot of fighters at the, the upper weight classes. Uh, I don't think De Silva has better stamina, better cardio, better pace. Um, and I think sooner or later, Kudalaba is just going to break him, whether it be through the grappling or through the striking. Um, uh, Silva's shown that he doesn't have enough cardio to make it throughout a fight and be as effective. So um, it may not be a quick finish. It's not like he's has no chin, but I think either through the wrestling or striking, Kudalaba is just going to wear on him and probably get a late stoppage. And just based on how high of a pace he fights at, I think there's a good chance he scores really highly. He also has a really strong inside distance prop. I think it's one of the best on the card. So Kudalaba, there's some risk to it, of course, but he's, um, I think, one of the higher upside plays on the card. Yeah, Kudalaba is the uh, inside the distance, uh, the best one on the card at even money right now. Um, I have to go with it. After that Paul Craig fight, um, we were all scratching our heads. I think some people were on Frankenstein in that one. Yes, and, I, I was. I lost <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah, so yeah, Kudalaba, fast-paced. We love it. Um, outputs there and agree. Um, he takes it to the ground. He's got the advantage there. Probably he was exposed. Frankenstein was exposed, just hitting on the same points that you were. It's uh, I like Kudalaba here, I, and he can easily pay off his price. Yeah, and I think Silva's actually going to be one of the more popular cheap guys. Do you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. The name value's there. Um, I don't know. And, and I, I would hate to say it's, it's, it's a bad play, but, you, you know, his upside is, you know, get a knockout in the first round, but is that going to happen against Kutalaba, you know? I just don't see it. Yeah. I think my strategy, especially on this type of card is there's really no dogs that I love. So like, I'm just going to pivot off all the ones I think are going to be popular. And I expect Silva to, to have enough ownership to make him not worth the play for me. Yeah, no, for sure. I am all over the Hulk and I'm holding you to it. You're wearing the green if he wins. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, we got Dan, the hangman hooker versus Ross, the real deal Pearson. Um, we got hooker coming in at 8,300 versus Pearson at 7,900. Um, 
I'm going to say it again. It's a New Zealand guy. Okay, good. I, I had to look at it before I said it. He's a New Zealand guy fighting at home versus the decision man in Ross Pearson. Who do we got? Yeah, I got to be careful with how I phrase a lot of this uh, hooker talk, but I, I, it's a tough one to call because Pearson hasn't looked great recently. Uh, he's lost a lot of fights. The fights he've won, he's won have been really close. Um, his last like seven or eight fights have gone to decision. The ones he won have been like split decisions, but you know, he's fought some good guys. He's fought, you know, Jorge Masvidal, uh, Dunham, Felder, Laprise. He beat both of those guys, a handful of others. And I don't, I kind of think hookers worse than all of them. So, and hookers also coming up from 145 to 155. He still has like a six inch reach advantage, which is crazy. Uh, maybe this weight class is perfect for him. Um, but you know, Hooker lost to Jason Knight. He lost to uh, Maximo Blanco. He's beaten really Ian Entwistle and Marka Diva. Like Ian Entwistle is arguably the 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 best win of his career. Kind of, you know, it's so I don't know exactly the ceiling on Hooker. He just hasn't looked great to me. Um, so it's kind of a better or worse situation here. And, and in that case, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the, the cheaper fighter in Pearson. The odds have also moved a little bit in his, fa- in his favor. So it's approaching even money, but Hooker's still a slight favorite. Um, I expect this fight to play out on the feet. I don't expect there to be a ton of grappling. Uh, so I don't think there's a ton of upside here unless either hooker just lands like a a random head kick, which is possible. He actually has a decent inside distance prop, but um, I don't see the fight as likely to finish. I don't see the fight as likely to, to have grappling exchanges. So I expect the the winner to score 70 it plus 70, 80 points. Um, I'm not really willing to pay the price on hooker. He can certainly win. I just, there are so many better plays in my opinion, unless I'm making mid range focused lineups uh, I do think Pearson is worth a look because he's one of the few guys under 8K that I, I think has a legitimate shot to win. But I would be 0% surprised if he lost. So, uh, again, for the price, I, I'm my preferred play is Pearson, and I will have exposure to him. But I'm expecting a low-scoring uh, decision, striking decision either way. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it, it... – the upside isn't there. It is that 70. Just, I mean, it's probably going to go to the decision a lot of the time on this fight. We yeah. can probably both agree on that. So um, problem with Pearson is he's just a, like a pure striker. I'd love him to get takedowns in this matchup because I think that he could expose him there. And uh, I think that it's potential that it could happen. But, um, yeah, I could see him maybe going for a takedown at the end of the round and stealing around. So, so 7,900 I do kind of like his – uh, price, but I'm not really sure what realistically you want from Pearson at 7,900. A win. So it, that's, yeah, 25 points plus the 25 maybe in strikes, 50 strikes or so. So you get the 50 points. That's not bad. So, um, yeah, o- overall, maybe a slow-paced fight. Might want not want to target this one, but uh, I do like Pearson and, uh, you know, by decision in this one. Um, cool. What do we think? Uh, <laughs> we move on to the old dad bod here. I've been waiting for this one. We got uh, Daniel, Dad Bod, Kelly. Sorry, that's not his nickname. That's okay. We'll go it should with be. It. Uh, versus Derek Brunson. 
Uh, I can't even believe we're going to go over this one. <laughs> uh, How much see- money have you lost betting against Dan Kelly? thousands it's it's got to be thousands at this point but i it's it's like frustrating because you look at his DraftKings log and you're like daniel kelly and then we'll just look at like a journeyman like pearson like he's he's doubled his DraftKings logs uh brunson can be had for 9k and kelly's at 7.2 uh are you hoping people see that price and see kelly's logs and kind of bump up that ownership, bump up, uh, you know, the old man or what, what do we think? Yeah, no, they will for sure. I mean, Kelly might be the most popular underdog on the card just based on the name value. And it's, I mean, he's a fan favorite great and great for him. He, he's beaten a lot of fighters that he really shouldn't have um, to his credit. I think this is where it ends. When the fight was first announced, I was like, wow, Brunson's going to smash him. And then like the closer it's gotten, I've, I've started to second guess myself a bit and it's, but it's just cause like Kelly goes out there and, you know, barely beats all these, you know, good fighters, Carlos jr. Uh, Rashad Evans, most recently, I actually picked Kelly in that fight. So I was happy with that, but I just don't see how Kelly wins this fight. Um, he's not going to land takedowns. Right. And that's, he's a judo, former judo Olympian. Um, that's pretty much how he gets his advantage. The other advantage he has is he strikes in volume, but I don't really see him being threatening to Brunson. Brunson has way more power and, and, you know, Brunson, yes, he's coming off a knockout loss to Whitaker. Kelly doesn't have the power and he's coming off a loss to Silva, Anderson Silva, which he really won, but he was so tentative in that fight. I I see no reason why he would be tentative in this fight. Uh, Dan Kelly, Anderson Silva are, are so far apart. Um, they shouldn't be in the Well, same actually, place. I would probably pick Dan Kelly to beat Anderson Silva at this point. But in terms of uh, – in terms of – Did you just say that? Yeah, well, I bet you a lot of people would too. Um, I don't think he's going to be afraid of Dan Kelly. I think he's going to rush. And I think there's a good chance that Brunson just knocks him out in the first round. If he doesn't, that's when it kind of gets iffy, but I still favor Brunson. I, I think both guys will be popular, and I want exposure to Brunson because of his chance to win in the first round. But this is a case where I do think he's going to be popular, and if the fight gets out of the first round, I'm not super confident that he uh, ends up on the winning lineup. So I don't think I'm going to have much more than the field. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, Brunson against Whitaker was uh, in either New Zealand or Australia, and it, it, I, I don't know what happened, but he was like, he was out of his element from the beginning. He got into that fight, and he just rushed, like, forward with his It's because Whitaker's amazing. Well, that- I okay, I know that, too. I was on Whitaker, too, but it's, that, that's besides the point. He was just out – Brunson was like – Sure, but – Whitaker if he, is amazing. If Brunson does that same thing in this fight, yeah, I think he wins still. Well, probably because of pure volume. I don't think Dan Kelly's going to knock out Brunson. That's well, that's the thing. So, like, how does Kelly win? You know, uh, it, it grinds it, out a decision. I mean, he's not going to. He. I don't even think he gets passes against Derek Brunson. That's the that's the difference. I think you know levels wise. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, again, I was looking at, I'm later on in the week here. I've been looking at Kelly, like you had, like it, it's, it's sad. Like I'm second guessing, but I can't wrap my head around, you know, he did get knocked out by Alvy. It's certainly yeah. Brunson has heavier hands and he's going to come fast in the first, or at least he, he damn well better. I mean, he was fighting the, greatest of all time in Silva Anderson Silva and was a little bit hesitant you know I would sure. be hesitant against him yes yeah. so uh I definitely like uh Brunson in this one um yeah I think the line's too low yeah. on Brunson I think yeah. the ownership's going to be even if it's not 35 percent on Kelly I think it's going to be high enough uh and I'm willing to just honestly fade Kelly it, because even you know if he loses a decision, I don't think he's going to score very highly. If he sneaks out a win, he's not going to get a finish. So maybe he scores seventy points. That's not going to crush me either. And I just think it's a better spot to just fade him completely and let people waste their money targeting him. Could he win? You know, if he wins, I guess great for him. Uh, it's hard not to love the guy. You know, he he looks like he should not not be anywhere close to athletic competition, but. This really feels like a Brunson spot. Um, so Brunson is definitely my preferred play. Yeah. What's uh what's I don't I don't even want you to say what happens if he wins this one. <laughs> he, he's a top five fighter. Top five. Oh man. Let's, winner uh, of the GSP Bisping. Yeah, no, yeah. Throw him right oh, in. God. Daniel Kelly versus Yul Romero. God, that sounds like something I would actually want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the main event where we see the heavyweight bout between Derek the Black Beast uh, Lewis versus Mark uh, Super Samoan Hunt, uh, number six versus number seven. Uh, Mark Hunt still suing the UFC, still in you know a nice spot with the UFC in a main event in uh, in his neighborhood. Um, I don't know. We've uh, we've seen him lose to Lesnar and Oberyn. Um, Lewis is, you know, a lot of hype obviously behind him, knocking everybody out. Um, that decision there with Roy Nelson, a little bit iffy. Um, what do you see? You see uh, an ending within the distance? Well, it, it's certainly projected to. I think it's like minus six seventy five to end in a finish. Um it it's weird though. The main event it feels a lot like last week from a DraftKings perspective. They're both it's a close fight. They're both in the mid range. Um my big concern here, well there's multiple concerns, but one is that neither guy, you know, all the points from this fight are going to come from the finish, right? If this fight goes three rounds, say say we know for sure it goes three rounds. Like there's not going to be a ton of strikes landed. Um, there's not going to be a ton of takedowns landed. So where are the points coming from? There's not, there's just not going to be points without the finish. Uh, it, and it certainly could end in the first round, but that's the other part of it. It's just such a close fight. I really think it comes down to like who lands first. I think Hunt's more technical, you know, just like Jose Aldo was, but I don't, I have more concerns with his health, his chin, than I do with with uh, Lewis. I think I honestly, th if I if I'm picking the who wins this fight, I'm gonna pick Lewis. Just a gut feeling. Um, he gets a KO, 
And it's only because Hunt has shown durability issues as of late, whereas, you know, Lewis has, but just not as bad as Hunt. It's such a hard fight to call. Um, I'm honestly not sure how much exposure I want to it, though, for the reasons I, I mentioned earlier. I just don't think it's going to be super high scoring. Uh, so if I'm making cheap uh, mid-range focus lineups, of course, I'm going to have some exposure to this fight. I'll probably be split maybe slight lean toward Lewis just because that's my guess. Um, but I, I think there's a good chance the winner of this fight scores less than a, you know, less than a hundred. And there's, um, there's a lot of good options on this card. So I am tempted to have a lot less exposure than the field. Uh, do you, do you think I'm crazy for that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, Especially because Derek Lewis is running around saying that uh, he had to go poop after the last fight. That's why he's grabbing his ribs. Uh, he shows that he's durable, right? I mean, he he had broken ribs. He's durable more so than Hunt, at least. Exactly. That's that's the whole thing. But what's concerning is the same thing you were saying against Abdora Kimov. He scored sixty eight in a knockout in the fourth. I mean, that's sad. So, will you even touch this fight in cash? I don't think you need to. I don't. I think there's way better. I'd want to say floors. The floors are way safer in other fights, and we've talked about value plays already. It it allows you to get the guys that are way more expensive, so you don't even have to touch the eighty. You know, maybe say seven nine to you know eight five range. You don't even have to touch those guys. Um, yeah. But it's weird because, like, my gut is saying Mark Hunt, but the heart is saying Derek Lewis. So it, it, it that's how close it is. And they're both inside distances, like, plus 130. They're both identical. So this is another week where in GPPs, if you're making multiple lineups, you just hedge. And it's not as clean and crisp as the Aldo Holloway, but it's, you know, take either or. Yeah, it's just so tough because I can honestly see it, it you know, both fighters have shown to be a bit – tentative early especially you know especially hun as he's gotten older like i don't know that they're just going to rush out and try to kill each other it it might just go to the second or third round before we really see some real exchanges and i don't know it, it really scares me um there are just other fights i like a lot better so of course i again of course i will have some exposure to this both fighters have a great inside distance prop it's just such a scary fight on both sides uh i won't it's not going to be an all-in type fight for me yeah for sure i'm not uh it's not all in and i don't even know which direction i'm going yet probably see some way in 50 50 hedge master yeah that's you i don't even know i will i'll admit i went way too heavy on auto last week and it i was still profitable that's you know interesting i wasn't I didn't have much Aldo, but I also didn't have much Holloway. So I was I was winning the the thirty three dollar GPP until the final fight, and then Holloway scored like one twenty, and it bumped me down a lot. So that was disappointing. But perfect uh, segue. We can talk about what we have going on this week. Bumped down prizes a little, probably because of the overseas card. We have a fifty k takedown, uh, twenty seven dollar buy in. Top prize is four k. Um, they've adjusted the four to a 20 max which i kind of like we'll have to touch on that at another time though brett 
um, top prize in the four dollars, one thousand. So you know we we've got contests we like to target. I know most of the people like the twenty dollar three max. That's a fun one with three k up top. Um, last thoughts, real quick. Yeah, tough card. Uh, target the wrestlers as always. A lot of wrestlers, high pace fights. Target those. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. We're a broken record, but you know, long term, we're in it for the long term. We're looking to make money long term. You've got to find the edge where you got it. Uh, next week, we have home versus Korea. Um, should be another fun card in Singapore. Odd location. What's up with these odd locations? But um, grinders, if we're not the ones to win, we hope you are. Have a good one. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-o! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.